what's up, everybody? On this episode of Wallet Watch, I have a special guest that you've never heard of before. This person is a top producer. They literally do it all day, every day. So many people look up to them. They're the king of the mortgage space when it comes to the video game. I mean, this person is gonna be on the Mount Rushmore of mortgage bosses. And not to mention, this dude is incredibly good looking. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian McCauley. What's going on, everybody? This is Joey Nicotra here as a guest host for the Wallet Watch podcast with the one and only Brian McCauley. Brian, what's up, brother? What's up, man? Hey, man, this is a full circle uh, experience for me to now be in this seat coming from the beginning of uh, seeing this thing just as an idea. Mm -hmm. And now we are here almost to episode 10, and I'm hosting this thing. It's cool, uh, cool to be on this side of things. Just the beginning, what's crazy, started with my idea. You built this set, so for everybody watching, yep. Joey helped me bring this to life. Um, he's helped me put Wallet Watch together, and now him and I are going to chop it up today and have some fun about the industry. Absolutely, man. Well, um, man, first I want to get into uh, just a little bit on, man, 2022, crazy year in the real estate mortgage space. Mm -hmm. uh, we had crazy high mountains, and now we're cooling off a little bit. The market is not what it was at the beginning of this year. Um, so back it up for me a little bit. Tell me a little bit about what this year kind of looked like for you um, before we kind of get into 2023, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, it just, it's been a crazy ride for 24 months period, just when you talk about the COVID run. The COVID run was unprecedented uh, in this industry, just like the subprime crash. It just happened so fast and so quick and so hard for so long. And there were so many spots that people didn't know how to react to. How do you react to new laws and rules? How to react to nothing in person, all these things. And so once we get through that, finally, right, um, we come out of COVID, things seems to, you know seem to be a little bit better. They're starting to settle things get back to normal, and then on the horizon comes inflation. Um, what are we going to do about it? How long did they keep rates down for? And so what happens is that started to, you know, uh, raise its head in Q1 of this year. And, you know, everybody knew that interest rates were historically, you know, low um, during the COVID run, and we knew that they were going to rise. The question was, how high were they going to go? But more importantly, it ended up being a speed thing. Um, and I don't think anybody has any issue with interest rates being at 6%. Historically, that's still great. But the problem is when they turn the volume up from 1 to 10 that fast, it's a shock to the system. So what happened is it continuously um, went up too quick. It changed the way people felt about the market, how much they could afford, what they could qualify for. And then what you have over a period of time is you got a monster that's really you know, small in the beginning, and it grows really, really big, really, really fast. And so it scares everybody. Um, but in conjunction with that – you know, you have news media pushing the narrative about, you know, things are going to crash. And so um, that bled out throughout the year. It's changed a lot of things. Um, there's some good and some bad in both. And so here we are at the end of the year looking back, saying what's in store for the housing market in 23. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm thankful to be in Dallas. That's for sure. Dallas is such a good city. It's got so many people and so much capital. It could absorb it a lot better and a lot faster. So I don't think the adjustments have been as bad here as other places, and I think that will still be the case in 23, but I think we still got a little ways to go. Piggybacking on that, um, what do you I, – I know there's no real right or wrong answer to this. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows – they have nobody has a crystal ball or anything like that. But what are you actually anticipating and preparing for 
in 2023? That's a wonderful question. So, all right. So, so when I think about this, I'm going to say I'm, I'm, what I'm preparing for in my industry, in my space in Dallas, because that's my backyard, That that's my home, that's what I control the most. So I'm going to start there. So I think Q1 of 23 is going to be similar to how it's been in Q4 of 22, which means, you know, the markets had a correction. It's probably corrected and dipped 10 to 20 percent. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, historically, people's homes are still up a lot more than they would be if it was just traditional appreciation in a traditional market. So I think people forget that. So they're still in the green. Um, it's just the fear factor of where's the bottom and when's the correction going to happen is what people are preparing for. So I think Q1 is probably, in my opinion, the last dip. I think it's going to be the peak of inflation. I think things will come back down after that. Mortgage interest rates follow inflation. So as inflation's up, rates are up. Inflation's down, rates are down. Um, so you can follow that. Um, my preparation is more of the same. You know, in times like these, you can't control what the Fed does. You can't control what's going on with inflation. All you can really control is your behavior and your attitude and your actions. So that's what I control with our team and myself is really that mindset piece because you know there's things that are out of my reach that I can't do. So all I can do is prepare and work hard and continue to prospect and build relationships and find different ways to talk to people about financial strategy um, and, and look at opportunities. And that's the truth is people that have been in this market for a long period of time when things dip, it is an opportunity. It's very similar to a stock. Like during COVID, when the Dow went down, I remember it was down at 18,000. And I looked at it, it was a paper loss. And a lot of people were just super scared because they were losing money on paper. But people that had money and they're in it for the long run, they bought at the bottom. They hung on for six months. Now the Dow's back 34, 35. So, you know, the preparation piece is more of the business preparation piece of like, what can we do to be more skilled, get messaging out to more people, work a little bit harder, connect together. Because obviously Dallas still has a ton of opportunity and the housing market's growing super strong here. So that would be the Q1 piece. Um, if we played this in a timeline and just said like, okay, I'm in Vegas. Somebody gives me a hundred grand and says, you have to push your chips in and let's talk about literally day one of 2023 all the way to Christmas of next year. So my my two cents on that is Q1 will get a little rougher. I think specifically because unemployment, I think inflation's rough and they're trying to get it down, but all this holiday spending is going to push it back up and they don't want that. So it's going to shake it, say shake the tree one more time. Feds will raise rates one or two more times, and then I think it'll come to a little bit of a halt, like the hard halt that I think everybody's waiting for, maybe not waiting for, preparing for, or thinking that it's going to get there. I think that halt's going to happen in Q1. And then as we move into the spring, that's when naturally real estate starts to blossom anyways, because the weather, um, daylight savings, you know, that naturally picks up the pace. I think what you'll see, and I mean this respectfully from a political perspective, is I think what you'll see is I think you'll see inflation get under control. I think that this administration will claim in the middle of next year that they got inflation under control. It's a good victory win. Um, remember, there's an election year in 24, so they're going to have to run on something and they can't run on what's going on right now or else there's no chance for them to keep power. And again, this is not a political thing. This is just a projection thing. Um, if they get their hands around inflation and they claim that they took care of inflation, it's a win for us. We we, we did it. We're bringing things back down. What they're going to want to do because the economy is going to be in a bad state because people are going to be unemployed and credit card debt is going to be at an all-time high and people are going to have to find a way to make money is I personally think they're going to stimulate the economy. So the way they're going to stimulate the economy is they're going to cut everything. They're going to cut rates again. They're going to do everything is when they bring rates back down quickly over six months, two, three percent, it lets everybody go on a run again. 
everybody will refinance. Everybody will buy a house. Everybody will buy a car. Everything will go down. So what it'll give the appearance of is revenues are up. People are making money again. People have money in the bank. People are back to work. And that's how it'll be sliding into 24. So when you're going into an election and they say, hey, we got inflation down. Look at all the revenue we're creating. Rates are low. People are making money. That's the ticket that they'll run on in 24. Um, cause that's the wave they have to ride and that's what they have to create or else if what's going on right now continues, they understand they're completely out of power and they don't want that. So that's my projection where I think things are going overall. And that's what I'm preparing for, you know, historically with home loans, um, the deeper recessions get, the more inclined they are to cut rates, to stimulate, to get people going. So I think on our side, we're almost through the fire. I think we probably got another few months, and I think things are going to turn in our favor for good. It's just a matter of the opposite side of the coin, how fast and how deep will they drop. And that's why I tell buyers the best time to take a look at a house is in the next three to four months because when the rates start to drop back down significantly, the, the demand will skyrocket off the street, and it'll suck up all the inventory in a month or two, and you'll be right back to that $500,000 house is now five thirty. And you got to pay 10K over. Like the cost of wedding is going to get way more expensive. Um, heading into 24 when that happens because they can't keep rates down. So that's the preparation piece. The positive side of all that is this industry is going through a change. And change always flushes the toilet on people that don't belong in this industry, real estate or lenders. Like there's a ton of banks and lenders that are already out of business. They've shut their doors. They were here during the refi run and... Now they can't cut it because they don't really know the rules and know how to make it happen. Same thing on the agent side. So the people that are left working right now are having to work twice as hard to make half as much, which we're fine with. Uh, markets can go through runs. But the benefit of that is when it comes back full circle, it's time to go again. There's only 50% of the population, which means everybody that has fought through it and is still here is going to double up on the market share and really be in for a fun run. Yeah, that's good. I'm very curious to see how well this podcast ages uh, yep. with all that information. <laughs> but uh, if we can go back uh, a year from now and clip this out, then you can have one of those moments we'll of, uh, I told you so for sure. We'll see. Man, you mentioned uh, something really good in there that you can't actually control you know, the feds, what's going on with the rates, all this stuff. But the one thing that you can control is your mindset and your actions around what you're doing about what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you are being intentional about to, um, you know, just stand out in this, this, the season going into 2023. Uh, I know you're going really heavy on the video stuff right now. Um, talk to me about maybe the video piece and then anything else that you are doing, like branding, marketing internally with Mm -hmm. your team, um, to kind of gear up into this next season, uh, in the, in the loan game. Yeah, so the video piece has been a big piece um, for me for the past three or four years. You know, you've been a huge help along the way. <clears throat> the video piece is really, really big um, because it, it compounds your time and it buys you time. Talking to people right now, they're saying like, you know, I don't really have time to shoot video. It's really the reason that you should shoot video. Um, I can't tell you how my business plan and my mindset has changed now that I have a video outside of, you know, brand awareness and people online being able to see me and listen to what I have to say and put a face to a name, but it builds the confidence. I tell people I've used this analogy before, you know, video for business people is a human highlight reel, just like sports. 
So if I say, hey, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL, trust me, people might trust me because of my word. But if I say, hey, here's a quick 60 second of him juking people, throwing bombs, leaping over people here and there, they can see it with their own eye. And so that builds the trust and the confidence, the authoritative position in the industry. And so that's all that video is when it comes to being a lender, a realtor, and all that. But it's a way for you to shine, message, compound time, and show how much skill you do or don't have. And I've just been really going hard on that for a while. Um, you know, our industry is a big industry. It's an old industry, though, too. It's been around for a while. It's such a big key pillar of our economy, but things move so fast with technology um, that a lot of the folks that are on the Mount Rushmore, our industries are on their way out, man. They're in the fourth quarter. Um, they're in the golden ages where maybe they got five to 10 years left and they've you know done great things for the industry and it's time. But the, the, some of the tactics and some of the things that got them to where they are today won't always work for today's age group, um, especially folks that are younger than me in the 20s and 30s. I mean, they live on their phone in the digital video age. And so I had to adopt new ways to connect with society. Um, but outside of that, I saw an opportunity in our industry like I always do. You know, I, I always find little places in our industry where I feel like it's behind, where it's behind, where it's non-sexy, where it could be better, where it could elevate the messaging and the product to more of like an Apple-like level or a Nike-like level or a Dre Beats because those people are really good at marketing and advertising and video is a component of that. Uh, and the mortgage space is too generic and too flat and too compliant in certain areas and it's really hard to articulate that to the outside world. But truly, people buying homes don't want to hear about that. They don't really care. They're like, that's what y'all do for a living. That's the behind the scenes part. That's the dark part. I want the fun part. The fun part is getting approved for a loan. The fun part is closing on a house. The fun part is getting the key, jumping in the pool. So you got to bring that part to the surface um, and you got to change the status quo. The other part about the video piece is, you know, what it does is it sets the pace, meaning like when you're the first one to do it and get out there in front, the same thing with the Gary Vee and the wine library stuff, like, you know, some people are way ahead of their time when it comes to technology and social platforms and video or whatever, but I just knew all along that video would do well, period. And so I tried to set the pace and you and I started this journey four or five years ago. I uh, did a couple campaigns, we did a 2.0, 3.0, all of that. And it's really done um, great things for my brand, um, for the growth of the team um, and separating ourselves from the competition. And I'm also thankful that, you know, I discovered video early because during the COVID run, if you didn't have a digital image, website, social, you were really stuck. You were behind. You were super behind and there was no way to connect with people. And so that was something that made me realize even more that, hey, people are paying attention to the online stuff. Um, I already knew that they were, but that put us in a position to where you had to be a technology or a video person in order to message all the time. And people that didn't have that were just stuck as a one trick pony. So that part was helpful. Um, you know, it helped us grow. It helped us get the messaging out. Now it's more of just like the strategy. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to get the best messaging across to the public, things that they need to hear, want to hear, um, that will attract them to buying homes, financial strategy, things of that nature. So that way they can just, I can just add to the value of home loans and buying a house and do, doing all that. And so um, the discovery piece has been important. I've got, you know, so many thoughts and ideas. I always wonder like if I could truly shut down my day job doing loans and this stuff for like six weeks, 
I could really do a whole lot. So what I have to do is I have to I have to walk and chew gum at the same time, right? I got to originate loans, but I also got to be an innovator and entrepreneur at the same time. And so I have fun with that. Um, but you also notice in video, you and I talk about this, people will catch up. So there goes from no mortgage people out there doing video to myself and a couple other people. And then some people catch wind and they think, oh, this is working. And then they shoot the video and all of a sudden you're like, ooh, people are making shoes that look like my shoes. Now I got to do a better shoe. So then you do a shoe point oh and do all that stuff here and there. And so now it's taking us to places where you're not putting together with, you know, discords and courses and every different social platform and YouTube and podcasts and all this. So it's uh it's been a fun journey. I think it's just the beginning. Um, I really think anybody in the lending space and the realtor space that adopts this full time, they're just gonna truly beat everybody because a lot of people in our industry um, when it comes to video, especially they're part timers. Um, and that's just because they're in different stages of their, of their life when it comes to video. And it's fine. I was there too. And I've got a lot of growing to go to, but they, they treat it like a hobby. They don't treat it like a business. So it doesn't pay them a lot like a business or they're too old. They don't like the way they look on camera or whatever it is. You know, you got to get past all that. And so it's like, it's the evolve or die mentality where like, you know, video is not going to replace humans, but it's going to replace humans that refuse to evolve with it. So, and I've seen that in the last four or five years, I've seen clients and partners come to me and say, Hey, I've seen all this, like you've elevated quick, but also they haven't. And then they're coming saying like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Right? So people are aware of it. Um, you can't ignore it. It's just a fact, like get involved and get, get it going. Um, do it at your own pace, but don't ignore it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that you have actually been making content like this for coming up on five years now, I think. And I think you were doing a little bit of video even prior to connecting with me. Um, and then you and I have done at least four years, if not more together, creating content on a regular, mm -hmm. consistent basis, putting it out on multiple channels. What do you feel like, what doors have been unlocked in your career because of your pursuit in this like you just kicked off a crazy event with the one and only ryan searhant brought along a fleet of other influencers and people who made you know dropped lots of value add content for people um what kind of opportunities do you feel like this pursuit has opened up that might make it even more enticing for someone who's on the other side of this podcast who hasn't got started but mm -hmm. wants to get their feet wet but there is so much red tape before you get going like we got to find a videographer i got to be good on camera i got to you know get do the marketing this that and the other and it's you know it's not a a one time deal like mm -hmm. there's a lot to it but what what has happened in your life your business that would be an encouraging thing for someone listening to this to get started. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody that's on the other side, to your point, and they haven't gotten started. So I would say two things on that. One, you've got it easier than we had it because I didn't have a playbook and anybody to piggyback off of. Right now, you can go online, look at my profile, look at anybody else who do does their stuff, and you can get a pretty good blueprint on how to lay out your own stuff. So you've got a head start. You're not in the dark. When you and I started this, it was in the dark. There was no mortgage person doing all this. There was a couple real estate people here and there, but it's different because they show like billion dollar listing of like fancy cars and blah, blah, blah. There's none of that in the home loan piece. So I had to create what I wanted people to see, message it the right way, edit and cut it. So I think what you and I grew through and created is easier than if I was starting at square one now. Now, the flip side of that coin is, you know, you got more catching up to do because there's a lot of folks putting it in gear quickly um, and making a lot of noise. So there's there's more competition. But 
people have to get started. But I also think like, you know, people can create their own uniqueness and connect with people um, in their own ways. Sometimes it's speed. Sometimes it's laughter. Sometimes it's education. Sometimes it's looks. Everybody has their stuff. Find your stuff and lean in. Mine is more of an education piece. I like to teach people the game and do it in a way that's entertaining and will benefit them. Um, and I think that people enjoy that piece of it. That's my deal. So that's the way that I approach it. It's my strength. That's what I build around. But other people have their strengths as well. Um, and I think they got to they gotta start with that um, and go. And then what happens is over a long period of time, it unlocks a lot of doors. I mean, the small doors, number one, it unlocks is, you know, you're able to connect with business partners and clients and you get more of the small stuff. And that's the evidence of success to think like, hey, if I put out this video, what will it do? Well, you put out a couple and, you know, you really want to think long term and just put it out for the right reasons, which is put it out with the messaging, with the value, with the content and the right people will see it over a long period of time. It'll unlock doors, but it starts small with, you know, a client will see it and they'll like you because of it. A potential you know, partner or a current partner will see it and then it compounds and unlocks those doors. And so the first thing it does is like helps your business grow on these small levels um, because people are aware of you via video that they wouldn't be. You know, a after that, it starts to stretch to where it brings in revenue for you. Um, you can use it as a tool if you want to, to maybe go get someone else or go get a partner that you don't have. So if you're trying to connect with somebody out there and you're chatting with them, if you send them an email and your email has a link to all your videos and the person looks at the videos and says, wow, this person really is professional, cool. You know, I like the way they talk. I like the way the video looks, blah, blah, blah. It can unlock business partnerships, which is number two. Um, so first one is some clients, second one is some partnerships. And then I think, you know, kind of phase three and four where I'm at now is you start to figure out, hmm, how can I use this platform to get additional growth in my career that's not just client related and not partner related? And so for us, it did things where, you know, setting us up with events, um, big names like Sirhan and the rest of the people, you start to find this desire and you start to have fun with it and realize like I can do more. I can have more fun. I can elevate platforms. And then that gets you shaking hands with the right people and those right people connect with other people and it becomes a domino effect. But, um, you know, people have to ease their way up the steps. But as you start to get to the top of steps, it's fun. And then you make connections with people that you never thought you could and doing events and things that you never thought that you would. Uh, and the next thing you know, it's in the past and you're on to the next. So it's unlocking good doors for us right now. Um, you know, my my end game, at least right now, is I want to show everybody how to do this and unlock their doors. That's the pay it forward mentality that I have, which is a lot of fun because I think it'll make people's businesses better. Um, so the journey I'm having right now is kind of on my stuff. The journey I'm moving to will be on somebody else's stuff. I do look forward to trying to do some more events and some deeper podcasts and maybe some one-on-ones and some courses and stuff um, to help people. But it's just every year has a new turn. And it's just like, hey, whatever's around the corner, I'm with it. Um, but I don't really let that stuff get in the way. I just do what you mentioned, which is just like do the work every single day. And I know that the results will get there because they've been proven for the past four or five years. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, just being on the other side of helping you with the video stuff, uh, I've seen you come a long way just from you know day one to where we're at now. Uh, the the scale of the projects has grown significantly. We both have teams just to manage the the content, you know, doing bigger events, doing cool stuff. So it's cool to look back, you know, at this point and be like, man, we really 
we really have come a long way and we got a long way to go, but it, 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 it's been, it's been cool, man. And it's been cool to see your evolution throughout the whole thing. You know, just being, not knowing where to start. Not, yeah. You know, a lot of people think now, like you just get on and you just start flowing with everything, which you do. But when we started, it was like, Hey, what do I do? What do I say? Mm-hmm. What do I wear? What do I, you know? And it was, you know, you found your way and it's cool to see where you're at now. And everybody so, does. I mean, they're, they're still, they're, I mean, I, you should see the outtakes of some of my videos. I mean, you guys see what I've rehearsed and tried, but I mean, there were multiple times, even a week where I'm doing a YouTube long form or something, I'll screw up three or four times and stop. Like that's, that's part of it. Yep. You know I mean? You're going to hit some balls in the water. Mm-hmm. Like that's the bottom line. And so I want people to get natural with that, but that's what makes it real. And it's fun. It's not per- perfection. Yeah. It's progress. Everybody, you know, has their way. Um, but you taught me, you know, it's, it's a, it's a muscle memory thing. It's a Mm -hmm. learned skill. And I don't want people to be afraid of that. Like, it's okay, you know, to, to not be cool with it, but don't let it stop you. Right. You know, start small, gain some traction, figure out your footing and then find your little play on step one. Yep. Um, and that could be just simple stuff. Like if you don't really know, like, I mean, do stuff in your car and watch it, do it with your spouse or your partner, do it with your kids, blah, blah, blah. But you got to make that step and get it all rocking. But yeah, I mean, even today, I mean, this morning I was shooting some stuff here and there and it took me three times to get the intro. I was like, hey, what's up? It's Brian. Oh, no, that sucks. Hey, and it happens all the time. Lucky for people like me, I got people like you that edit and make it look (laughs) all good so the outside world makes it appear like that. But I'm not going for perfection. I'm going for delivery to make sure the message is clean and all good and make sure that I get across to the audience uh, what I'm trying to articulate from my brain down to my mouth. That's a fast path. Um, and sometimes I can get caught up in that stuff. And so no matter where you're at in your career, I guarantee you, you know, uh, Brady has bad days. Jordan had bad days. Tiger Woods had bad days. Like, it's okay. That's part of it. That's the human component of it, but it never stopped them. Yeah. So don't let that piece stop people from doing video. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, um, segueing out of video a little bit, I know that there's a million other things that you're doing for your business right now and that you're tweaking, fine-tuning, you know, all that good stuff. Talk to me a little bit about some other practical things that you guys are doing uh, in your business, um, you know, things that you've kind of learned in 2022 right now that you are making corrections mm-hmm. or adjustments to that other LOs in the game um, can take notes from. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, I'm always working on my business. So most people work in it, meaning like they're so stuck at the desk or on the phone working, you know, on a loan or working on a real estate transaction. They never step back and whiteboard and think, okay, how can I make this iPhone better? Right. And so it's the same concept. How can I make the mortgage practice and the process better? Um, so I've been working on a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff has been, um, sell stuff like better things and better connectors with clients saying the right things asking better questions building more rapport taking a little extra time out to go deeper with the client i think during the covid run there was so much volume people were just speeding through it and it didn't feel uh you know very good it's not the way to buy a house which is like super fast in the dark here and there so we're working on some of the sales correct and some of the scripting pieces my scripting i don't want people to think like a robotic piece but you know Part of sales is connecting with your people and asking the right questions. Um, you know, it's just very similar to actors and actresses. I mean, they rehearse lines so they can hit it properly. We're not rehearsing to hit it properly, but I want to make sure when I'm talking to somebody that, you know, I don't forget to ask them, what's the reason that you and your family are buying a house? I actually care to you know if it's financial, if it's a life thing, if it's a reload, whatever, to build that rapport. So we're working on that. Um, I am just like possessed with my CRM. I'm trying to figure out how to do better workflow rules, automated emails, 
automated text messages, adding more videos, because in a business that requires a bunch of touch points and a bunch of communication, it's just impossible for one human being or a small group of human beings to do it perfectly all the time. Um, you have to bring the automation, the technology into play. And this goes back to the same thing in the video. Like I've talked to a few people in the past month that don't even have a CRM. And I'm like, dude, how do you keep up with your current referrals? How do you keep up with your past clients? How do you video everybody? That in itself is a monster to build, but it's the same thing. You got to start square. It's one video, one CRM, one workflow rule, all of that. Um, working really hard on our gifting program, making sure that we get our clients and partners better gifts, be more intentional about it. Um, show them that we care for them by giving them unique and specific gifts that are, you know, tailored to them and their businesses and their lives and their families. Um, and then really just working on culture too. Now that we got people back in the office, it's a big thing. You realize when you got a, a whole gang of people and they're all working from home, you can get the job done, but it's not the same as when people are in the office cross training, um, lifting each other up, you know, having lunches, doing that thing. And so we're working on all that collectively. It's a little bit of a reset right now, which is, you know, Preparing for 23, where are blind spots? Um, where can we improve? And when you're just gung-ho on the business and going so hard that there's no room for it, you let it all kind of fall to the wayside and just barely get it done. Now with the industry dipping a little bit and you know cooling off, it's given us a chance to have different perspective, have more respect for certain things, but we have a little more quiet time right now to work on the business. So we're implementing all these things and working on this and trying to become more polished and professional so we deliver the best experience, but also when the run happens, we're not like, I wish I would have worked on that. Yep. And, and it's a collective effort from the team. So um, people, processes, systems, technology, it's its really what I'm focused on right now, just to make sure and, you know, upgrade and top grade every piece of the puzzle that we have. That's awesome, dude. Well, I know you had a killer year in 2022. Uh, I would venture to say probably your best year yet. Um, I know you crushed it on, you know, all fronts. And so 2023, is there anything that you are looking, uh, any, any big goals, any things that you're running after new things, um, things that you're cutting out, anything that you could speak on in 2023 after the, the last year that you had, man? Yeah. I mean, I'm always working on plenty. I could do a whole podcast on that. Um, <laughs> but for me, I mean, I think what I'm focused on the most right now is, is making sure that I build a better connection with the right business partners. I'm also trying to attract and acquire um, other people and other businesses that can generate referrals for lenders. Uh, people usually like when they think about a mortgage person, they're like, oh, they get their business from either their current clients and past clients, realtors or home builders. And there's so many other things uh, and other people that you can connect with out there. Um, divorce attorneys, wedding planners, high-end auto sales people, people that sell Ferraris, those people that buy Ferraris, they have a ton of cash. People that have a ton of cash, you have a bunch of houses. Um, so there's a whole list of, of things that I'm trying to go after and connect with. Um, you know, reconnecting with people that I've lost touch with. I used to be really good partners and with certain people. And just over the time you drift to get it all done. And, and then obviously you look up and you realize, dang, I haven't talked to this person in a year. So reconnecting with those people to make sure they're doing okay. But, you know, some of these people I lost touch with because we got so busy that I wasn't able to keep that old school connection. Um, you know, and then again, just going back to the video piece, man, I'm working on trying to put together these really like coaching courses, educational courses for lenders and agents. I think, you know, I'm part of a coaching group and what it's done for my career is literally transformed it, transformed it in so many ways from team growth, personal growth, spiritual growth, money growth, leadership growth. And I'm still growing and I'm still going to be in as long as I can, but recognizing what it did for me, I'm trying to take that and flip it and give to everybody else. 
Now, of course, I give as much as I can for free, but I got a family to feed too. And so what I tell people is, hey, you know, putting these courses and things together for folks is really important to me because you just teach a person how to fish. Mm. And that's the piece of it. And for the people that really want to learn how to fish, I'm happy to say, let me teach you how to fish. Uh, it's also too, because, you know, this industry is, it needs a refresher. It needs new stuff. It needs new people. It needs new language. It needs new marketing material. It needs a new way to develop relationships, connect with people. Some of the old school stuff is still there. Phone calls and handwritten cards and mailers and stuff. I'm with all that. But it doesn't have to be limited and restricted to that anymore. So not only am I trying to do that for myself, but also, you know, but also I'm trying to put together classes and courses so people understand how to do it. Because um, even now through DMs or people just emailing me, I mean, all the time there are loan officers and realtors that say like, what about this? What about that? Right. And so now it's time to say, I, I recognize people are tasting it and they're saying like, hey, I'm in this place. I'm in that space. What to do about this? What to do about that? And I just, I talk to as many of them as I can to help them as much as I can because people help me. But I'm like, I don't have the capacity to do that all day, every day, but one course does. And yeah. so those people spend a hundred bucks to figure out a time management course and they get 17 hours back a month and they're able to utilize that and things here and there. Five years from now, that may help them save 10 teammates and close a hundred more deals to get it all going. So I'm working hard on that uh, as well. Um, and then I'm really working hard to try to teach our, our team all the skills that they need to deliver to be the best version of themselves. So we're doing a lot of like ride along and cross training where we intentionally sit for an hour and listen to somebody on the phone or say like, Hey, you've got trouble with a tax return. Let me show you how to, how to read this. So you know how to, you know, crunch the numbers and blah, blah, blah. So all these things are continuous things. It's just right now I've intentionally been focused on them because we've had the quiet time to do so. Um, which is nice because I know we needed an upgrade and with the market di di dipping, it's given me the opportunity uh, to pour back into those spaces that, that, that needed it. That's awesome, man. Well, I know that uh, you bring tons of value to everyone that you talk to. I know I spent, you know, a little bit of time around you and I was like, oh, this guy really knows, <laughs> this guy knows his stuff. And that's why I actually used you for my LO uh, on my home when I bought that. And I was, you know, if, uh, if anyone can spend time and wants to learn the loan game, then you're definitely the guy to go to. So appreciate that, man. Um, man, the value add king over here. Is there anything that you want to leave us with today? Um, anything uh, that you want to give to your audience before we sign out of here, man? Yeah, I think people need to look at, so it's, it's the video piece. I think people need to pay attention to the video piece. Like 10, 20 years ago, people had to send out 500 mailers in the mail and keep their fingers crossed that somebody would call them. You can literally shoot a video right now, send it out to 10,000 people, 5,000 past clients. The takeaway is that people really need to understand this. They got to understand in this business that the attention is the asset. Mm. Uh, the eyeballs are the currency, right? The more eyeballs you can get on you and the more attention you can get, the better brand awareness you're going to get, the faster you're going to grow, the faster you're going to compound, the faster you're going to become the authority in your space, the digital mayor. And so there's no way to beat it. There's no way to turn it off. It's only going to compound and get stronger. And when you understand um, the power and the strength of it, you will implement into your business full-time. I can tell you firsthand, um, it's a game changer for me. I'm pouring into it two or three X more than I used to. It used to just be an iPhone. Now I have literally studios. We just talked talk about this. I'm building two more studios the next 60 days so I can shoot more content, do more videos, bring business partners in to do it. Uh, there's no getting away from it. It is a huge asset in your business. You have to have it. So I highly encourage everybody 
to understand that. And when they understand that part of the game, they will become a full-time video person moving forward because it'll change the course of their business. That's awesome, bro. Well, shameless plug. If anyone's looking for a videographer and they don't know a guy, I might know a guy. So if you need help and you want to grow your video business, come holler at Brian and he'll put you in touch, man. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Brian, thanks for having me as a guest in your own podcast house, man. As always, it has been a pleasure and uh, I'm excited to see what you do with the rest of 2023, man. Cool. Appreciate you, man. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Cheers.